0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We're going to be talking today, me and Zach, about the Bleacher Report Top 100 NBA Players of All Time. Um, This is a list that Zach sent to me, I believe, and we were just texting like crazy about it because we couldn't believe the list, and we'll get to that, so we won't ruin any surprises. But this list is um, really interesting because they talk about basically from when the NBA started all the way up till nowadays. There's players, current players are in this list, players that are from the 50s in this list. And um, they use a lot of uh, analytics in this. I'm not a big fan of analytics personally. I think the eye test is really what you can go off of. But analytics are numbers and they're scientific, so there is some you know there's some point to them. Um, they do stuff like player performance, um, which is derived by multiple game scores by the number of playoff appearances. I think that's a good stat because you know you can really judge how the player plays in the playoffs compared to the regular season. I think you want I would think you would want somebody in the top 100 that played better in the playoffs than he did in the regular season because it kind of upped his game to show you know when the pressure was on you know he was on um, there's an advancement share shows how uh, deep a player advanced in the playoffs same type of thing career contributions which is win shares which I think is kind of hard to do because you know if you're a great player on a bad team does that really negate how great of a player you are? I mean, I know you know it's important to win, obviously, but I think that stat might be a little interesting. Then there's a career contributions per season, same type of thing. Then we got literal MVPs, um, which I think is kind of a, an interesting one. It can go to a player on the best team in the league, but also can be handed to a player who's essentially a one-man wrecking crew um, on one of the bottom feeders, kind of what I just talked about. And then there's uh, MVP shares, um, and then the ultimate season. This is my favorite stat because it shows right, whatever season – you had, this is the biggest season you had in your career, and you can kind of like almost get an idea of where they were. One thing I thought would have been cool with this is if they did like maybe like a three-year um, average for the ultimate season also. And that way you have an idea of like he didn't have one just killer year and then his, you know, his, his averages dropped down 25%. This is somebody that could keep that very close to what the ultimate season was. You know, like a guy like Wilt or... Abdul-Jabbar, Jordan, those guys were really consistent most of their career in terms of their numbers. Um, And then they had to just miss the cut. Now, this is super interesting to me because right off the bat, before you can get into the list, you're looking at people that didn't make the list. And I was intrigued because I'm going... These guys didn't make the list. I thought it was funny that they had Sam Cassell's face as the first person <laughs> not making the list, which is like, whoa! Just Sam the, Cassell didn't make just it? the most pissed off looking guy. Oh that, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. But it cracks me up because I'm going like, well, yeah. Obviously, I would not have thought of Sam Cassell making this list. You know, um, and I think we'll just do a little rundown of this of this people not making the list. Um, so,
1: you know, a, a quick thing that I want to say about this list, uh, you know, one. Twitter's been buzzing about this over the last month or so, just making fun of the list. Uh, I know that they've been posting like mock lists of, you know, really average players making the top 100. You know, I think somebody had like Ron Mercer, like 72 is a joke, (laughs) you know, just, you know, things like that. And so looking at this list, the one thing that bothers me is that it doesn't really stay true to what they're trying to prove. They knock some guys like, like, again, I'm not going to spoil the list, but they knock certain guys for not having a long career, But then they'll have somebody, you know, way ahead of them that clearly wasn't as talented or as good, but had a short career as well. So it's just some of these that's I think that's my biggest problem with the list is that they just don't really stay true to what they're preaching in. But, you know, for the honorable mentions, um, seeing a guy like Jojo White not on this list. That, that's that's shocking to me. And I mean, you have Jojo White behind the number 100, who's Mark Price. Uh, Jojo White was a finals MVP. He was like an eight time all star, won multiple titles at the Celtics. And then you he doesn't make the cut, but a guy like Mark Price does. Uh, th- those are things that are shocking. Um, one of the players that I was really surprised about also was Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson was a bad dude. He was a bad dude on some of those teams and a lot of people don't realize i know that this is mainly about you know nba careers but i mean he won a title at crenshaw high school in los angeles he won a title at ucla which is wooden's last championship by the way so i mean he has a lot of history he has multiple player of the year awards including pac-10 player of the year five-time five-time all-star three-time all All nba and head-to-head I mean, he's right there with Dr. J, Bird, and George Gervin, if you want to look at stats when they play head-to-head. I mean, the numbers are pretty unreal with Marcus Johnson. To leave him out of, the, out of the top 100 to me is a little bit ridiculous.
0: When you're looking to, like, as you're going down this list, and you can find this list. So if you're listening to the podcast, I think one of the things that would be really cool is pull up the list on, on, um, on social media and, and go through the list while you're listening to us. Um, it's kind of funny because you see certain things like, okay, power forwards, and you have Stoudemire, Brandt, Otis Thorpe, Kemp, Grant, you know, Terry Cummings, and those are all guys that I wouldn't think would make the list for the most part. But then you go to like centers, and you have Willis Reed off the list, and Bob McAdoo, and, yeah. and I can't stand Alonzo Mourning, but good lord, <laughs> the guy had a great career. So those are guys, it's, it's almost like they just took like a, took like a dart and threw it against the wall. You know what I mean to figure out, or like they have like as you'll see as we go through their list, they have some of their like, you know, cred type of people they put in there. I I think a lot of it's clickbait. I mean, obviously enough, where we're talking about it, Earl Monroe's on this list, Pistol Pete's not in the top one hundred, Nate Thurmond. You know what I mean? It's just, but then they'll have like just random like Rondo. You know what I mean? Not on the list, but like (laughs) you know, it's 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 interesting. But you know, for all the stuff that we're gonna talk about, we're gonna get into this list. Um, And right off the bat, for me personally, right off the bat, I just started cracking up because it's like number 100 is Mark Price. Like starting the list with him at 100 basically starts off how bad this list is going to be, in my opinion. I mean, raise your hand if you think Mark Price is one of the top 100 100, 100 NBA players of all time. Yeah, I think you're going to ask 100 people that and zero would be the answer (laughs) personally. So right off the top, we get Mark Price and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, this list is going to be just... You know, magical. Now the thing I like is they 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 say the years that the person played. They say what teams the person played for. Then they do this positional rank, which I thought was interesting too. So he's the twentieth best point guard of all time. I, I I can't see that at all. No. Now I mean, I watched Mark Price play. You know, uh, he was definitely kind of like your. He was kind of like your your typical NBA three point shooter nowadays. You know what I mean? He was that specialist back in the 80s where you know he was a great shooter great foul shooter um but i don't remember him as the great ball handler that you would want your point guards to be um i don't remember his being like an an, an amazing defender
1: you know with mark price when i initially saw the list because i looked at this before i looked at the honorable mentions i was like okay you know he's he's a outstanding shooter and you know but then i looked at who didn't make it And I just want to compare him to JoJo White really quick, who didn't make the list. All right, they both played 12 seasons. All right, both played equally 12 seasons. And I know Mark Price is part of the 40-50-90 club, which is impressive, great shooter. But they even admit in the article about Mark Price how atrocious he was on defense, what a liability he was, which is hilarious to me. It's like, so you're acknowledging that he was a liability, yet he's on your top 100. But in the 12 seasons that they both played, JoJo White has two titles and a finals MVP. Mark Price has zero titles. JoJo White was a seven-time All-Star. Mark Price, four. JoJo White, 17 points, four rebounds, five assists for career. Mark Price, 15, two, and six. That's kind of a big difference. And then you look at a guy like Rondo. Compare him to Rondo. Rondo's a title. They're both four-time All-Stars. Rondo has four defensive teams. Two of them being on the first defensive team, he's a three-time assist leader of the league, one-time steals leader, and he's playoff Rondo, and yet Rondo doesn't make the list, but Mark Price does.
0: And you're forgetting about the rebounds. Yeah, and, and the, the triple Rondo's doubles. Probably one of the best point guard rebounders of at least what the last 15 20 years. Oh yeah, yeah. You know I mean? And
1: all the triple doubles. I mean, he's up there for yeah. playoff
0: triple doubles. And you got a guy like Mark Price, you know, his career his career stats, he has 2.6 rebounds a game.
1: Yeah, and then even like David Bing, who didn't make this list. Dave Bing was incredible. He's a one-time scoring leader, rookie of the year, three-time all-star, uh two-time all-NBA, and yet Mark Price makes it over him. I mean, being averaged 23 and 6 for, you know, his career. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, and, and we're going to have a lot of fun breaking this list down because it's amazing to me. It, it, like I said, you know, grab a cold one, enjoy the ride with us because <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, number 99 is uh, Timmy Hardaway. Um, I like Timmy Hardaway. I remember watching him play. Um, I really remember him more for what he did with the Heat because I'm a huge Knicks fan, and those series in the in the mid-late 90s were just you know, they were amazing. And, and you know, I'll, I'll say this. Here's my eye test. Hardaway had a heart of a lion. I mean, that guy competed like crazy. You know, he was a tough player. He, you know, he really, he, it's like he had that bad boys vibe on the, and that Heat team, which they had to have against those Knicks teams in the 90s. You know, he came to play. Um, you know, he's part of the, the run team in, uh, in the, with the Warriors. You know, had a really good career. You know, played a lot, many years. Um, I just don't know if he makes my list. And we go back to what Zach was talking about. There's so many players that could make the list, and he's, you know, I don't, I, I put some of my guys over him.
1: Yeah, again, I think he's one of those guys. I mean, I know that he, he kind of brought the killer crossover to the NBA. And, look, I love those 90s Heat teams. So I love Tim Hardaway. But he just doesn't have enough decorations for me. And what I mean by that is, like, no MVPs. I mean, no titles. Like, he really has nothing to show for it. I mean, he's a five time All Star. Uh, but, I mean, you can't put him over some of these guys like Rondo, JoJo White to me, because those guys had accomplished the biggest goals and put up similar numbers. And it's just like, where do you draw the line? Because I know by the eye test, Timmy Hardaway was nice. But, I mean, I think we kind of forget how great guys like JoJo White,
0: Dave Bing were. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, number 98, Walt Bellamy. His son was probably more popular, if you remember him in the 90s with the MTV era. Um, but really solid player. Great player. I'm definitely going to defer to you on this because you definitely have more of the knowledge of the 60s and 70s players. But um, looking at his career stats, I mean, 20 points a game, 13 boards a game, 2.4 assists. I mean, you know, his ultimate season, 31.6 points, 19 boards. Um Really, really solid player. Fourteen years, and he's playing in a really good MBA in, in, in that you know that later half of the sixties, seventies. I mean, a lot of great players in there. I am going to defer to you though. So, tell me about Walt Bellamy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with him being in the top one hundred. Uh, this might be a little bit low, actually. I might put him a little bit higher on this list. Uh, as a rookie, he averaged thirty one points and nineteen rebounds. I mean, that was like by far his best season. He was a monster. And he won Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star. Bellamy averaged 17.8 rebounds a game, which is still Indiana's collegiate record, which is outstanding. I mean, the dude is a beast on all levels, and he won a gold medal in Rome as a starting center with, with the Olympic team. So for me, I, I do look past NBA careers sometimes if they don't have as much as much success, like not having titles or MVPs like that. What do they do outside of the NBA? Because sometimes in the NBA, you can kind of get caught up in a bad situation, but he clearly proved how great he was on all levels, and I, I mean, he was just as great in the NBA. He was a monster.
0: Lenny Wilkins is 97. Um, Wilkins, to me, I always think of him as a coach. That's, you know, from what I remember. Um, but he was a really solid point guard, played for, you know, four NBA teams. Um, the numbers, the numbers are solid. Um, Here's one of those ones where I, I say maybe, you know, but yet again it's, it's when we think top 100 and, I, and I, I think we have to really think about this, it's top 100 of five positions. It's not like top 100 point guards or top 100 shooting guards and sometimes you know, you can look at things that might be top heavy in terms of like forwards. I mean, how many great forwards were there in the NBA compared to centers or guards? Um, so that's kind of where I stand with Wilkins. I mean, he, you know, I would, I would say maybe, just, I'd have to go back, and we're going to do our one hundred list too, and um, I'm going to do a lot more research on some players that I've, are on the bubble for me. Uh, with Lenny
1: Wilkins, I think he's in the right place on this list. I don't think he's too high, too low. I think anywhere from ninety to hundred is about right. Uh, he led the league in assists one time. He's a one time. Uh, le- leader in assist for the league nine-time all-star all-star game mvp he also finished second in mvp voting to will chamberlain and a lot of people kind of get lost in the 60s with the chamberlain and russell era because it was all about them back right. then so i think lenny wilkins is kind of one of those guys that gets a little bit forgotten back then with all the grades but i mean he averaged 22.6 rebounds and eight assists per game in his first season with the supersonics and he's an all-star in the first three seasons for them. I mean, those are some incredible numbers. Well, especially and, when you're a rookie. Yeah, and especially when you're a guard in that era. I mean, that's a lot more common today with, like, the Westbrooks and all that. But back then, those are really impressive numbers for a point guard.
0: So early, early top 100, you're saying he's making your top 100.
1: Yeah, he, he, I think he'd make my top 100.
0: Billy Cunningham is number 96. Um, here's a rule I kind of have, and it might go out the window, but if you average 20 and 10 for your career, you should, yeah. you should make the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty much played his whole career with the Sixers. Um, he's one of only 17 NBA players in history who averaged 20 and 10, and that proves my point on you're, you're doing that. You're making this list. Right. Um, you know, a solid player, early, early knee injury, and you notice that too. And this is the thing we want to talk about when you're talking about like a full career. Back in those days, medical wasn't the same. So a lot of guys would get injured early, and that'd be the end of their careers. Where nowadays, with the medical technology, they could they could have rehabbed and played probably another five or six years. So his season, you know, his, his career gets cut short at 32. Could he played to 35, 36? Probably. Um, his ultimate season is pretty impressive. 26 points, 13 boards, 6 assists, 1.2 steals. Um, for, you know, a bigger guy, 6 assists, that's impressive too. I mean, I always try to look at assist numbers too. Because it shows how much you want to be a team player instead of just the black hole where the ball goes in, you know, and it never comes out until you're either making your shot or missing your shot. I like to see assist numbers up for big guys for sure.
1: Right. I mean, Billy Cunningham, the kangaroo kid, man, this guy's way too low on this list. He's, I mean, he's about 40 spots too low. Uh, I could even put him maybe in my top 50. I could argue that. Um, He's definitely in my top 60 and to be at 98 is ridiculous uh he's an nba champ and a lot of people don't realize he went through bill russell and then rick Barry and nate thurman on that championship run that's not easy to do no. five-time all-star four-time all, all nba and 21 and 10 was his average tender emails as a small forward and let me tell you his mid-range game left-handed and Unbelievable, and he, he—he was really athletic. He had some bounce, man. Uh, they didn't call him the Kangaroo Kid for nothing. That guy had some serious bounce.
0: What was his height?
1: Six six, I believe.
0: Yeah, ten rebounds a game at six six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking Barkley. You know what I mean? There, there were some guys grabbing rebounds like that at that. You know. Six six is, six six is shooting guard.
1: Yeah, in, in you know? 69 sixty nine seventy in that season, he's averaging twenty six, thir- nearly fourteen rebounds and six assists a yeah, game. I mean that's insane. like, I mean that's
0: like LeBron numbers. Yeah, that's super insane. Yeah, to have him at, at ninety six is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but I digress because we're gonna have a lot of ridiculousness in the next <laughs> fifteen picks. I promise you.
1: At least he's in their top one hundred.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Mitch Richmond ninety five played uh with Hardaway on those Golden State Warrior teams. I remember him the best from the Sacramento King era when there was nobody on the team but him essentially. Um I loved Mitch Richmond, but the problem I think with Mitch Richmond is um, he did play on such a bad sack team. Yeah. And and we're talking about like the eighties, early nineties, mid nineties, you know, you gotta remember nowadays everything is instant information. But back then guys that played on like Sacramento and those teams that weren't weren't really good. They didn't get that much coverage because a lot of their games were ten thirty at night, East Coast games. So they're not they're not in the is uh, like if you played on a New York team or Chicago or one of those teams where you saw them more. So I think that's kind of hurt him. He was a scoring machine. He really did all for those teams. Um, I, I'm on a maybe on this one. I, I think, and I'm going to go back to this a couple times. You know, if you can't put Willis Reed in. Like there, you have right. to, there's, there's guys you have to put in before these guys. And can I say that Richmond's a better player than Willis Reed? No. Can I say he's better than Pistol Pete? No. You know what I mean? Better than McAdoo? No. And that's from the naked eye standpoint. You know, you know. what I mean? And you're looking at ninety five, ninety six. Like those guys get in. He probably he doesn't. Probably doesn't make my list. You,
1: you know, for Mitch Richmond, he definitely makes my list. But when you see him being placed above guys like Billy Cunningham, that's where I like. Question this list because I mean, Billy Cunningham, he was an MVP in the ABA, you know what I mean? So it's like Mitch Richmond wasn't that. Um, but for Mitch Richmond, six time All Star, he only advanced past the first round three times. And one of those was with the Lakers when they went on their championship run, where he was played sparingly. I think he played like 11 minutes a game or something yeah. like that. And I know he got rookie of the year. He, he's a good player. He's a strong shooting guard. He gave Jordan a lot of problems. I mean, he, he was he, he gave a lot of people the business. But one thing with Richmond is when he got traded from Sacramento over to Washington, his numbers dropped pretty dramatically for percentage wise. When he was in Sacramento, he's shooting forty four percent, and when he got traded, that went down to nearly forty, like low forties, and then three point percent went from forty three down to thirty one. I mean, that's. Uh, that's a big drop. That's a significant drop. So it's hard for me to really place him that high on the list when he played for so many bad teams.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, 94, dead left. <laughs> I, my, notes on, my notes on this is a uh, note. Yeah. That's all I put for my notes was uh note. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I mean, what, what are you, like, the fifth best player on those Pacer teams? And again. Or, I, on the Sonic teams, too? I mean. Yeah. Gary Payton, Kemp, Reggie Miller. You know, I would put there. I mean, Rick Smiths. I put ahead of him. I mean, there's when one of the things that I had criteria wise, and you have to throw this out the window if you're talking about like, like the '80s '80 Celtics or '80s Lakers. If you're like the third or fourth best option on the team, you don't belong in the top 100. Just I mean, I mean, obviously we're going to get to the Celtics. You know, and they had <laughs> you know, you got Parrish, you got McHale, you got Bird, you got DJ you know same thing with the lakers you mean magic you got you got kareem you got you got worthy you got players that okay you can bend on that rule but i
1: take it away <laughs> i mean there's there's not too much to say on this and look i lived in seattle i i love the sonics i love me some S- seattle Supersonics, man but you cannot put Detlef Schrammler on this list. He wouldn't make my top 150, I don't think. Maybe not even 200, you know. And, look, I know he made a few all-stars, I think three. Yeah, three-time all-star. Career averages of 13.6 rebounds. He won six-man of the year two two times. He went to the finals once, right, one, one finals appearance. What has he accomplished? He's not decorated enough to be on this list. And no, he's a great role player. Yeah, and Bleacher Report says he's one of the greatest marksmen of the game. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to fucking put Kyle Korver on this list, <laughs> all right. right, right. <laughs>
0: You're not going to see Del Curry on this list. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's crazy. 93, Chris Weber. You know, Weber's interesting to me. He's one of those guys that, you know, the timeout game, right? You yeah. Know, and I think that right off the bat, kind of like kind of put a tarnish on his embryo career before it even starts, right? For that, sure. That's the one thing, you know. But the other thing I start thinking about is, like, he just seemed like he was never interested in playing, it, you know, but his numbers are great. I mean, obviously, his best run was with the Kings, you know what I mean? Um, And that was a good team, you know. A lot of overachievers on that team, you Yeah, know, when you think about it. I just... I don't know. I mean, his career stats are great. You know, I I, I put him in because he's right at that 2010 for his career. Um, he was a good passing big guy. You know, he, he could run the floor. Um, I just, I don't know. When I think of him yet again, is he better than Willis Reed? Is he better than McAdoo? Right. You know, I, I, my answer is no. And he's at, he's at, what, 95 on this? 93. He's in 93, list. yeah. So it's like, you know, I keep going back to that criteria, but if you're going to make a legitimate 100 list, I think you have to do that. I think you have to go, is he better than this guy? No. Okay, well then, he doesn't make the list. Or especially if he's 93. Yeah. You know, definitely one of the better power power forwards in his time period era because, you know, Malone's older than, you know, Barkley's getting up there then, you know. But yet again, when you're talking basketball with your friends, are you really talking about Chris Webber if you don't live in the Sacramento (laughs) area as one of the best power forwards?
1: You know, I'm going to kind of argue with you on this. I think Chris Weber absolutely deserves to be on this list, but I'm with you. Like You can't put him ahead of Will Serene, but they both deserve to be on this list. But what I look at in my top 100 also was what kind of impact did you have on the game of basketball? And if you really think about even just the Fab Five in his college days and how the Fab Five just changed not just college basketball, but really, like, culture. Yeah, Yeah, style. Like, the black socks and long shorts. I mean, they were rock stars before he even came into the NBA. Great
0: 30 by 30, by
1: the way. It's an amazing 30 for 30. And uh, one thing with Weber, you're right on the timeout. I think that timeout just kind of labeled him as a choker throughout his career. Mm -hmm. He had some outstanding games, man. And, like, look... 27, 13, and 5 for a season. That, that, that's an outstanding season. Five-time All-Star. He's a rebounding champ of the league, which people don't talk about. That's in a big-man era with like Shaq, Olajuwon, yep. Ewing. Yep. That's impressive. Rookie of the Year. Amazing passer with those big hands. And look, he's listed as number 64 on Slam Magazine's Top 75. And he's also number 72 on Bill Simmons' Top 100 list. To be a 93. That's a little bit of a slap in the face to me. I, I mean, I think I mean, he, he, he's a, he was an outstanding player. And I, I just wish he would have won more or that he had, like, more clutch moments or else we wouldn't be talking about this. And I think if that timeout didn't happen, honestly, I think we would view him in a completely different way.
0: And, and, and to bring up, I mean, we made up a good point. I mean, Slam's a great magazine. I, I give it credit. But Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball, if you haven't read that book, you really need to read that book. I mean, Simmons yeah. is Simmons. If you like him, you'll love it. If you don't like him, I think you'll still like it. But he really did a lot of research, and he really put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that book. It's, it's well worth the read. Um, and you're, you're correct. If, if both, of those, both of those publications have him in the 70s for their pick, I give them a lot more validity than Bleacher Report's Top 100, as we're seeing so far.
1: Yeah, I know he's not gonna be on Tiger Banks's top 100, though. That's <laughs> that's awesome. David Thompson,
0: man, I love David you Thompson. Know, you want to talk about just say no to drugs, kids? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that's really you know. I mean the guy's numbers are insane. Yeah, you know um, he was he was he was like Jordan before Jordan, not in the sense of like the best of all time, obviously, but. That guy, his hops were amazing. I mean, he was, you know, and I think the other thing, too, is he he did, you know, he did the ABA run and whatnot. His career didn't last long because of the drugs and the and the injuries. Um, but if he would have played, he started in 76. If he plays until, let's say, 87, 88, I think a lot more people talk about him because then you're in that. I don't want to say golden era of NBA, but, I mean, it is kind of the golden era of the NBA. You know, I mean, how much yeah. do things change if he's healthy, he's not? You got to remember, too, early 80s NBA was like cocaine NBA. There was a lot of guys, unfortunately, that were, you know, really messed up on that stuff. So it's an interesting little pocket of a, of a decade. And then, you know, Magic, Magic and Bird really saved the NBA if you really want to look at your history but but that 80 8045 86, 87, 88, you got the bad boys you got you got the Lakers you got you know you got the Knicks you got the Celtics you got good good basketball and I would have loved to have seen him play three or four really good outstanding years past where his career ended I mean I think he was 29 yeah. When 29 he, when he yeah retired. he mean, didn't even play till 30. I mean you know some of the best basketball we've seen from guys is 313233 the game slows down for him immensely but it's definitely um, it's definitely a drag that he didn't get to fulfill his real potential.
1: Yeah, and I mean I agree with this pick, and he's he's a tough one to place. But again, it, it kind of depends on what your criteria is, on where you're gonna you know rank rank this guy. And Bleacher Report just doesn't have that. Yeah. But at least he's in their top 100, so I can respect that. In 92, it seems a little low for me, just with how great he was. But I mean, he put he put up 73 in a game and. You said how he was like jordan before jordan he was actually michael jordan's idol because david thompson went to nc state and michael jordan grew up watching him and michael jordan said i always try to be like david thompson See, there you, go. you know and so without david thompson i mean do we really have maybe jordan i mean i'm sure we do but um but another, the same jordan yeah exactly right. And with, uh, with David Thompson, I mean, he led NC State, their first NCAA title in 74, and they beat UCLA, who was the previous champion. So, I mean, I also look at things like that on how great these players were. David Thompson was the guy on that team. They get past UCLA.
0: Yeah, and UCLA, I mean, for those of you that don't know, I mean, what a powerhouse that team was. You know, wouldn't have them. I mean, how many championships did they win? I mean, how many great players came through that college? Right. You know, I mean, that, that was the benchmark. You know, at least a good what, fifteen years.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean And uh one thing about David Thompson, I think he's the only player to win a NBA and an ABA All Star Game MVP. Hmm. So he, he did do that, ABA rookie of the year. He's a great player, man.
0: Uh ninety one, Jack Twyman. I think I texted you and said I have no idea who this is. <laughs> so well, why don't you enlighten me? I mean this is we're talking fifty five to sixty six. Um So enlighten me on what you think. I mean, looking at his numbers, his ultimate season was pretty insane, 31 points, 9 boards. Um, His career stats, 19 and 6. So why don't you enlighten me a little bit on... uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, he was... There was no flash to Jack Twyman. He was what you would call very fundamental. Um, But he's not on this list. I'll I'll tell you why. Um, He was never on winning teams. All of his teams are really bad, and that was... The fifties era, where a lot of the stats are kind of padded because the game is played at such a faster pace, okay. and he really just had like that one great season where he averaged what was it a uh, thirty one, uh, yeah, thirty one points that year. But here is something interesting about these three years: the three years that he averaged over twenty five a game. I am just going to go down the list really quick. The first year he averages twenty five plus, his team went nineteen and fifty three. So the second year, where he averages 31, they go 19 and 56. And then the year after that, where he averages 25, they go 33 and 46, which is better. But it's like if you if we're going to shun guys like Carmelo Anthony and all these great scorers for not being on winning teams, but then we're going to reward a guy like Jack Twyman and put him in the top 100 just because nobody really knows about him. And they're like, oh, this guy was good. Let's throw him in because that's kind of what I feel like you know bleacher report just did and i don't know i I like jack twyman i just don't think you can put him in the top 100 a cool thing about him he's cut three times in high school and ended up being an all-star that's kind of cool but he's he's not top 100 to me six-time all-star but not not top 100
0: yeah i think it's what we talked about earlier in the discussion where it's like they had their their clickbait type of vibe on this but then they also had their cred you know, like the first thing I'm like, who is this guy? You know? So it makes me kind of take a look for a second, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I great points on that. Number 90, Paul Westfall. Um, I remember more as a coach, obviously, uh, he played for 12 years. Um, you know, <laughs> this is where I defer to Zach on this one because he's a Celtics guy, and his dad locked him in the basement and told him to about <laughs> like every player from the seventies and eighties. It's so, true. So um, that's
1: the fun fact of the day. A lot of people who think I'm too young to know about, you know, guys like Jack Twyman. My dad made me study these guys before I could watch current basketball, and it drove me nuts. So I've, I had to watch film on like Adrian Dantley bill russell i had to watch all
0: the old guys before i could watch the current guys which is smart though because i mean me and me and zach played morning ball together it's like <laughs> he has some of those 70s moves which cracks me up because <laughs> the the scoop. people try to block him he's got the scoop you know and you can't and everybody gets pissed all the time like damn zach I almost got that block <laughs> it's a 60s basketball no, baby but it's, but it's but it is true you know so why don't you tell us a
1: little bit about paul um i, I love paul westfall because i i'm a celtic fan he he's not top 100 though. He's he's just not. Um, he has a title, but he played sparingly in that title. He's a role player, uh, five time All Star, four time All NBA, but he's also also statistically one of the worst rebounders of all time at his position, which I found really interesting.
0: Wow, 1.9 rebounds. Yeah, like that right isn't that incredible? That's so bad.
1: Yeah, like he was
0: one of the worst rebounders of all time. That's so bad. I mean, you would just think you would get three rebounds just being on the court.
1: Yeah, that's insane that's to me. Bad. And and yet he's on the top 100. And again, it's like, here's here's kind of an interesting point that I want to make. Maravich isn't on this on this list, right? And head to head, Maravich torched Westfall. Uh, he torched him for 30 plus points ten times uh, every. Throughout all the times that they played against each other, one of those was a 51 point game. And yeah, you can say Westfall's teams, you know, won the majority of the times. That's fine. But look, who was guarding Maravich? Westfall. Uh, Maravich averaged 26 on Westfall. Westfall averaged 14. I and mean, I know it's not all about scoring, like, there's defense and everything, but clearly the defense wasn't working on Pistol P. Nope, nope. And that's
0: a perfect example of what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like, how do we leave these guys off this list yeah, and then sp- put somebody like Paul Westphal on the especially
1: list? Especially Pistol P, who changed basketball. I mean, he was, like, two eras ahead of everybody. He's a first million-dollar athlete. What he did in college is absolutely insane without a three-point line. The floppy socks, he kind of had the whole, like, Fab Five thing where he made, like, floppy socks cool. I mean, he was one of those guys where he just did so much for basketball. You, you can't leave that dude out.
0: You look at somebody like, you know, like, in our era, like Jason Williams. Yeah. Like Pistol Pete's doing that stuff thirty years before Jason Williams is doing it. You <laughs> I know, know I mean? Like all the flashy passing and you know, but putting up crazy numbers scoring wise too. I mean, he's he's your Steph Curry. Yeah. 20, 30 years ago. I mean thirty years ago, easily, right? Yeah. Um I'm glad you sticking with us. We're we've we've hit our first ten on this list. Um we're, we're broken we're into eighty nine now. And we got Larry Nance. Uh, Larry Nance was nice, but nope. In my opinion, um, he's not. He wasn't even really the best player on some of those teams he was on with the Cavs. Um, you know, KJ comes to mind, and I'll, we're gonna talk about him much later. Um, I don't know how you put him on the list in that sense. I mean, he, like I said, he put up he put up good numbers, serviceable numbers. I remember watching Nance play quite a bit when I was a kid. Um, I just that's another guy that just doesn't jump out of me when I start thinking of like players that would make this list you know what i mean he's a 16th ranked power forward um when i think of the 80s and power forwards his name just doesn't come up you know what i mean i'm thinking of guys like like malone i'm not thinking i'm thinking of kevin McHale. you know what i mean i'm not thinking of larry nance right
1: with uh with larry nance i think it's hard for his name to jump out at you because he wasn't always on the best teams but i'm okay with this pick and I'll tell you why, but I'm also going to tell you what I'm not okay with on this. With Larry Nance, I'm, I'm okay with it because he was such an exciting player at that time that he really made, he's really the first to really have like thunderous dunks and like really embarrass you and intimidate you. And I consider that in like the intangibles aspect that doesn't really show up in the stat box because, I mean, he would come out of nowhere and have a putback dunk on your head. And he, if you think of like the Vince Carter dunk contest, things like that, I immediately think of like Larry Nance with like the cuffing the ball dunks and things like that. Yep. Um, but on top of that, he's also a really good player. He's a three-time All-Star, three-time All-Defense, which is good. Uh, here's my problem, though. If you don't have Sean Kemp on this list, you can't have Larry Nance because Sean Kemp did exactly what Larry Nance did, if not better, as far as in-game dunks. And here's like the comparison with them. Kemp had ten playoff appearances. Nance had eight. Kemp is a six-time All Star. Nance three. All NBA. Kemp is three. Nance is zero. All defense. You know, Kemp had zero. But Kemp played in the finals too, and he's on some of the Sonics teams that were just so underrated that we'll talk about in another podcast. But I mean, some of the Sonics teams they should they should have won a title. I, in my opinion. And that's my thing. I'm okay with Larry Nance on this list, but if Nance is on it, Kemp has to be.
0: I agree with you. I mean, when we go back. So is Willis Reed. So is McAdoo. You know, it's, it's, it, and, and you're right about the Kemp thing. You also missed out on, um, ate yourself out of the league. Kemp won. That's not. Yeah. You, know, so you want to talk about destructiveness, man. And then we go back to the drugs again. I mean, Kemp should have been. Man, he should have been talked about forever. Man. Yeah. Right reasons, not the wrong reasons. Unbelievable, right. like the career that guy could have had. At number 88, we got Dave DeBusher. Um uh, I would say yes. Um, great defensive player. Um, his career numbers are really solid, I believe, to 16 points, 11 boards, oh, yeah. 2.9 assists. Um, his ultimate season, he's 18 points, 13 boards. Um, he was the catalyst for those Knicks teams, I believe, for the championships that they were in. I think, um, I think that those teams were great though. Those Knicks teams, and yeah, they had a lot of really solid players on that team. Um, I'd put him in there. I might put him a little lower where he's at though. That's my that's my take on that. Really?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like you'd have him in the nineties.
0: Early 90s, it just depended on, like I said, again, it's like depending on what I'm looking at, who's not getting in there. It's gonna, I have to really sit and go through my list,
1: yeah, you know what I mean. But I just gotta say, I'm surprised because you're a Nick fan, I know. I'm shocked that you said that. Uh, to me, I think he's way low, I think, think he's so? way too low. And look, you, like you said, his efficiency was unbelievable. I mean, for like 10 straight years, his numbers were basically identical 16 points, 11 rebounds, like right in that yeah. area. And six-time all-defense. He's one of the best defenders of all time. He was always asked to guard the opposing team's best player. Uh, And he's a two-time champ with the Knicks. He got the Knicks' title. I mean, if you win a title with the Knicks, you're automatically in the top 100 if you're a key contributor, in in my opinion, because they forever made the Knicks cool to this day. People are still living off the debuscher and Willis Reed days. I mean... He, he's a legend in New York. eight time All Star. I, I love Debusher. I think he's way too low. One of the I if we have an all underrated list, he is easily in my top oh, ten. I he's he, I
0: would agree with that. For he,
1: sure. It, what a lot of people don't know about him is actually really impressive. He he uh pitched he he's a pitcher in college. And uh he went to the University of Detroit. They made it to three baseball tournaments, which is amazing for Detroit but he's also a pitcher for the White Sox and threw a shutout against the Indians. Not a lot of people know that.
0: that Yeah, so
1: I mean, just an all-around great athlete.
0: Was that before?
1: That that was before. But my point of that is he's just an amazing athlete and it showed on the defensive end. Yeah, you
0: might might have changed my mind a little bit coming (laughs) to that 100 list. This, by far, is my favorite entry of this list so far. 87... You no, it's Bill Walton, <laughs> and I will tell you right now, I love Bill Walton because he is just magical. I mean, yeah. like the dead guy makes no sense on his commentary a lot, he's <laughs> so he's great. Really nice, personal guy, from what some of my friends have told me who, who have met him. But I'll tell you right now, if you want to talk about Bill Walton, here's my favorite thing. Before we talk about it, <laughs> they say on their thing, and I quote because I have to. <laughs> this may be the first ranking that actually shocks you. <laughs> and I'm going to say no. That would yeah. be Mark Price at 100 to start <laughs> off your list. Um, his knees did him in. He was... He would have been one of the best centers of all time if that didn't happen. Easily. Oh, my God. I'm glad he got a championship with the Celtics, the Portland Days. I mean, yeah. He, he knew and it was funny he did it his way the long hair and the, and, the, and the uh oh, what am i am losing my mind you wear it all the time on your freaking head um not bandana but the, the headbands thank you yeah. <laughs> it's cold and it's cold in zach's office today so freaking so. No, but walton i mean what a great player i mean like i said he unfortunately his 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 body betray him which is a shame yeah um his his statistics don't look so great either, but if you watched him play, you you understand why he needs to be on this list for sure.
1: Yeah, and again, like when I look at this list, I just feel like a twenty five year old made this list that never watched guys back in the day. Uh, look, Bill Walden is way too low on the on this list. I know that he had his injuries, and there's a lot of coulda woulda shouldas in his career. But, I mean, look, he, he more than proved himself in, in a short amount of time. He's a two-time All-Star, uh, two-time NBA champ. And the first one with the Trailblazers, he was the finals MVP. Like, he he led that team, carried that team, uh, did everything you could ask out of anybody to get that championship. Um, and it was with Portland. Yeah. Like, it's not like it was with the Lakers or the Knicks or a big market. He did it with Portland. Um, and then... Another thing that's really interesting: a lot of superstars, they have a really hard time being role players when they're a little bit past prime or injuries happen. Some people just can't accept a bench role, and he did that with the Celtics. And oh, he, yeah, and he, he fit in great. He won the Six Man of the Year. I wanted. To, he's one of the few guys that has an MVP and a Six Man award. Um, and what he did in college too, just the two titles. Um. Some say he's the best college basketball player of all time. During that eighty-eight game win streak at UCLA, there's just too much on his resume for me to leave him out. And he, I, he, he's got to be top sixty to me.
0: I'd agree with you on that for sure. And that's that eye test again. Yeah. If you're if you're not watching film, if you're not watching highlights, if you're, you're really not understanding how good this guy actually was. Okay, here's one we're going to argue about. I know when I was putting this <laughs> last knew we were going to argue about this one. Um, 86, Chris Bosh. Um, you know, in my notes, I said this is the one that's going to drive me crazy. he's he a was, tough one. He was the man in Toronto putting up the numbers, right? Um, lanky power forward slash center, um, great agility. Then he goes to Miami and he becomes like the third option on that super team. Um, he has the hardware to help the cause of being on the list. I'm still on the fence. I will probably still be on the fence until you convince me otherwise, but I just, I don't know. I mean, for a guy like me, I mean, his numbers are really good. You know, 19 points, 8.6 rebounds, and when you think about he's third option, most of his, like, strong part of his career, you know, playing with LeBron, playing with with Wade. Um, His ultimate season was 24 points a game, almost 11 rebounds, um, 1.4 blocks, for me, and this is just me, I'm more old school. I like my power forwards and centers. To, I don't know. I don't. I don't like them hanging on the three point line. I, for me, it's more about show me how great you are defensively. And not saying he wasn't. Um, you know, give me, give me, give me 13 rebounds one season. You know, give me, right. give me two or three blocks one season. Like 1.4 blocks for.
1: Being a, he's a le, almost a legit seven foot, right? Is he 6'11? 6'10? He's, he's a solid 6'10. I mean, oh, you never know. The NBA lies about their height yeah, all the time. A <laughs> example of that, right? Yeah, but the one thing I want to touch base, yeah. I, I hate to interrupt you, no, but um, when you say you don't like your power forwards hanging out on the three point line, I agree with you. But you got to remember, he wasn't doing so much of that in Toronto. He did a lot of that more with LeBron because that's just what happens when you have to play with LeBron. LeBron yeah, kind of forces totally you out there, you know? yeah yeah. go ahead sorry to interrupt no
0: no please do man i mean that's what the podcast is about is us us throwing information back and forth at each other it's just i don't know i mean i think he has to make the list maybe but if he's making my list he's like really really in the 90s that's just that's what i'm saying
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not arguing. Um, I actually agree with you. I could go either way on this. Uh, Again, it's just like, what's your criteria when you're making this list? And look, I guess I just don't like the way that he got his championships, the way that they built the super teams over there. So that kind of makes me not want to have him as high as 86. Uh, But I mean, he's 11 time all star. He's the third youngest player in NBA history to record a thousand rebounds. Uh, fourth youngest player in NBA history to record 20 points and 20 rebounds in a game. But I mean, to put him over Bill Walton, that's where this list just kind of loses credibility to me because Bill Walton was outstanding. And Chris Bosh was just solid, like just really solid. And I think, from the eye test, you can't possibly put Chris Bosch over Bill Walden.
0: No, this is what we have a problem with this list a lot too, right? Like, we'd see something and you'd be like, yeah, that guy belongs and then the next person you see over him, like, not over him. Yeah. You know, we saw, we, we I know me and you did that way too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and I have a little thing I put in as I was writing my notes. I have, P.S., I'm so sick of analytics and nerdy shit like this over the eye test. Okay, rant, over, moving on. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it's true because you're getting, like, you made a perfect example, like, how do you put Bosch over, you know, Bill Wall? And I agree. Like, I you get it. Do Bosch over Chris Webber? <laughs> I, I don't. See what I'm saying? That's a yeah. perfect example, right, of this list being wanky. Like, you're going to put... Bosh over Chris Webber, when you look at the numbers between the two, it doesn't make any sense. You're going to put him over Walton. You're going to put him over McAdoo. You're going to put him over Willis Reed, who don't even make the list. Yeah,
1: and for the viewers that would debate that Bosh has two championships over Webber, it also goes back to, you know, who did more to change basketball, and I say Webber. Like, there's just so many things to take in consideration. That's why when you make a list, Bleacher Report, I think you, you need to, like, make rules on what, what certain things – Put other players above other players because some of this just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, think about this too. Like Chris Webber could have jumped on the Lakers yeah. for the last couple of years of his career, got two championships, right. played 15 minutes a game, and then you're going, "Oh, well, now Webber's got two championships." So, right? Yeah, I mean, not that Boston deserves championships when he got him. and the blood clot thing really screwed his career up. You know, he could have easily played for another four or five years. Who knows what numbers? And yeah. he didn't bail on Miami. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. That too. was that was really cool. You know what I
1: mean? That he stuck around. And not to completely shit on Bosch, just to kind of say something good about him. Yeah. He was like <laughs> he was probably the most important piece of that big three in all fairness. Yeah. With his defense. I mean, he had some key blocks down the stretch for their championship runs. I mean Look, Bosch is a great player, just just, just like I said, over Walton and Weber, not feeling
0: it. No, I'm with you. Um, 85, Neil Johnson, take it away, Zach.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm not upset, but it doesn't make sense um, to kind of shit on Walton's career when he had such a short-lived career when this guy only had four to five great seasons. You know what I mean? That's like what I was talking about before with um, how are you going to say you're going to rank Walton so low when he didn't have... A long career, but then you put this guy ahead of Walton and look, he's got one title with the Fort Wayne Pistons. They beat George Yardley and Larry Faust. A lot of you might not know who they are, but I mean, they were, they are solid. I mean, but it's not going through Russell or Chamberlain or any anybody overly impressive right. three time scoring champ, rebounding champ, five time all-star um, look bleacher report says, unfortunately he didn't get to play against will and bill. I say that's a great thing for him because I feel yeah. like this dude would have been exposed. Yeah. Like if he were to go up against one of those guys, I think it would really show um just how gri- how not great he really is. And not to completely shatter his legacy. He's a solid player, just not top one hundred to me.
0: Right. All right, eighty-four. I I, I, <laughs> I keep Oh, you love this guy. my man. Yeah, that's mine too. This guy's my hero. Dude, this guy, you want to talk about a guy like, you want to talk about perseverance, you want to talk about a guy that could just get the ball in the hole. I mean, he he was so, like when I was first watching the Knicks, it was Bernard King. You know what I mean? Right. And And then obviously it was Ewing. But King, I mean, I said in my notes, you look up the Isaiah Thomas... Playoff with the two of them, and right off the bat, he deserves to be in for that playoff series. Yeah, that playoff series was insane, right? He also belongs in this list just from coming back from that awful injury and yeah. winning the scoring title with with Washington, I believe it was. Yeah, the bullets. You know what I mean? That's another thing that puts him in here. His averages are insane. If you watch the guy play, he was one of those guys that he would just score. He yeah, could, you give him the ball, he was going to score doesn't matter who was on it. And there's nothing you could do. There wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, he was such a great player. Yeah. His stats don't really show it. I mean, 22 and 5, 3 assists. You look at the ultimate season, 32.9, nine, 9.5 boards, 4.6 assists. I mean, that's like a Jordan season. Yeah. You know, when Jordan was really on his game, just add a couple more assists to that. He was, he was one of those guys, like, I really wish he would have stayed healthy. You know, his perseverance was insane. Um, I just feel like he... I just feel like he got the short end of the stick because of that, and he's a guy I definitely would put higher than eighty-four.
1: He's definitely higher on my list too. And you nail, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head from just coming back from that injury alone. To me, especially during that time frame, like in that in that era, that injury was career-ending. Like no nobody came back from that back then, and he literally locked himself in a room and didn't speak to reporters, didn't let anybody even look at his workouts. And, I mean, he basically just locked himself in a room for, like, the his whole recovery and just really put his mind to it and came back basically just as good. That was
0: almost two years, right?
1: Yeah, that, that was a solid two years. And four-time All-Star, he's a scoring champ, and head-to-head against Bird, Magic, and Jordan, he's averaging 22 right on the head against all three of those guys. And he's just so consistent um, three time SEC player of the year in college I mean even I, I, at any level he was outstanding
0: you gotta remember too when he's playing on the Knicks those teams were not good no they were I mean they were serviceable yeah but they were not good he was the king of New York man. Okay, yeah. He was. yeah he was before amazing before Ewing shows up he was definitely the man and he really was the man even when Ewing was still there it, yeah. was, it wasn't until in my opinion like 88 mm-hmm. 87, 88 when Ewing really 88, 89 you know, when Ewing was, we were all fighting over who number <laughs> thirty three on the freshman basketball. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I love I love King.
1: Yeah. yeah, and another thing about Bernard King that we do that we often forget, his first like three or four years of the league were kind of cut short because he had an alcohol problem. So he's was playing, I, I believe, it was like the Jazz and the Warriors, and I mean, he's taking leave of absences or cutting him. I mean, he. Almost was out of the NBA. And then he got his, his next chance at the Knicks. And I mean, he just
0: exploded, man. And think about it, having an alcohol problem and going to New York City. <laughs> 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 that's yeah. like, really? yeah. <laughs> and that's where he thrives. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. 83, talking about another New York guy, uh, Chris Mullins. Uh, this is one of those ones. You know, I like this part of the list because I started to like see more guys that I really would, you know, watch growing up. Yeah, um, Chris Mullen, great shooter, man. You want to talk about a guy that could really shoot? He was part of that Hardaway team from Golden State. Yeah. I think where it really kind of got his his credibility was one of those pacer teams. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, looking at you know, he had a solid you know, 16 seasons in the league his 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 averages are good 18 points four boards three assists i think you want to see the assists a little higher his best season you know this is a really solid season 26.5 five six boards and five assists two steals a game um and almost a block a game which is interesting right yeah for, for a shooting guard i mean you call him a shooting guard wouldn't you shooting guard, small forward depending yeah. on who he's playing with on the court right um you know what if he makes my list it's really high 90s um but you know, like I said, like those Pacer teams, man. You know those those '90s Pacer teams were were no joke. I mean, the Davis brothers, yeah, uh, Mullen, uh, Reggie Miller, and that's the end of his dude. career too. It, you I know. know, right? I mean, I, like I said, it's another thing we talked about with Richmond, right? He just got buried on those Golden State. We play at 10:30 at night on the East Coast team. <laughs> he doesn't, you know, because you had a great career at St. John's. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. I, if I put him on, it's the late '90s.
1: I'm with you on that. I'm okay with where he's ranked just because he is probably the most efficient shooter of all time. I mean, he's right up there. Uh, Big East player of the year, three times, five-time all-star, and he was on the dream team. So, I mean, he did win a gold medal. I look at that. I mean, that's one of the most, I mean, that's the most historic Olympic team of all time. You know? Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm kind of with you, though. But if you want to talk about somebody that maximized their potential, he's that guy because he, he wasn't fast. He couldn't jump. He just outworked everybody. And, I mean, he, he maximized his potential. I totally agree with
0: you on that. Yeah. Um, 82, Bobby Jones. Take it away.
1: I love Bobby Jones. Um, this, this might be a little high for me just because he's more of a specialist, defensive specialist. But Bobby Jones, completely underrated. Amazing athlete, long, uh, great defender, 11-time all-defense. That's, that's amazing. Um, sixth man of the year, NBA champ. Uh, the one thing with Bernard King, though, they, they rank him ahead of Bernard King. Bernard averaged 27 on him when they went head-to-head. So to me, that's one of those things, like, how do you do that? And, again, I know he's a little bit more decorated with the, with the all-defense, uh, but this is a little high to me just because he wasn't necessarily anybody that's going to give you a bunch of points. He's, right. he's just a specialist. It's like Tony Allen doesn't make this list, you know. And that's kind of like a joke. Bobby Jones much better than Tony Allen, yeah. obviously. But,
0: but no, it's the same concept. I totally understand it. Yeah. Then this is where you come to another guy. This is an interesting one for me, like a really interesting one. Um, ben Wallace. <laughs> I mean, great, great defender, shot blocker, intimidator. He's your he's your Rodman 2.0 in the sense of how he plays the game. Um, you know, I mean, he's got his championship, and that's a great championship too because they were completely they were 4-1 to underdogs against the Lakers in that championship series. Right. Um, you know, he bounced around a lot. I wonder, maybe probably attitude, I think, um, but you know, if you look at his career numbers, here's where you have the problem, right? Five points a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got you have nine rebounds a game, one assist a game, two blocks a game. Now his his ultimate season: nine point seven points, fifteen boards, two point four assists, um, three point five blocks. Right. Yeah. I I think he he falls in the Rodman category for me of like you got to give me double digits. In points, because if you don't like, because you have to remember, and I'm sure you remember this really well. and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do, too. In the '90s to early 2000s, NBA basketball, there was like this humongous, like you know, like hard on on getting like <laughs> rebounds. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because, I mean, because Wallace, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you, he probably averaged four offensive rebounds a game. Yeah. I mean, he he really hit the offensive boards. And what that does is it keeps plays alive. And it's the same reason why Rodman was so important to San Antonio, to Chicago, and even later in his career where he was such a nutcase, but people took a chance on him still because he kept offensive series alive with the offensive rebounds. I right. think. That's a thing with Wallace that I thought was huge, but it was like we, him and Rodman focused so much on the rebounds, but you're, you're, you're taking away a scoring option which allows – allows whoever's guarding you to play off you a little bit. Yeah. And I think you become a liability in that. I, I'm going to say, after thinking about it more, he makes my list. It's low, again, like 90s. He's solid. He really is. But but there's other guys that were like him in the league then because there were so many guys that were trying to get, like, look, okay, here's a perfect example, right? And I'm going to throw it over to you on this one, right? Jason Williams. Yeah. From the Nets. Yeah. Like, he put up a, a ton of rebounds. Uh-huh. didn't score as much either almost the same type of player, except I think Wallace was a better defender and more of an intimidator. Right. But you had guys in the NBA that were like that, you know what I mean, chasing the rebounds, playing great defense. You need those guys on your team, but yeah. to put him at 81, I don't know.
1: You know, I'm okay with the 81 um, just because for defense player of the year awards, that is really good, especially in that era. I mean, he was an undersized center, and to block as many shots and alter as many shots as he did. That's something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Uh, won a title. He's a phenomenal defender, and he's so intimidating and so much intangibles, like you said, kind of like Rodman, that uh, people don't really talk about as much. But here's here's my only problem with Ben Wallace on this list. You got Ben Wallace, but you don't have Alonzo Mourner. Yeah. And the reason with that is, I mean, Zoe has two Defensive Player of the Year awards, Zoe actually averaged more blocks than Ben Wallace did. Complete intimidator.
0: Yeah. We'll forget that about Zoe. Complete intimidation. Yeah.
1: And plus, he could get you 20 a night.
0: Oh, easily. Yeah. And on a good heat team, too. Not like the teams are
1: bad. And look, people are going to argue, like, Ben Wallace uh, was a starting center on his championship team where Zoe wasn't. But one thing with Zoe... I know D. Wade was the MVP of that series. Zoe was MVP at game six. Oh, yeah. Because he had five or six blocks in the fourth quarter. I mean, dudes couldn't get a shot off.
0: That's when you had that Georgetown. You know, you had Ewing, you had Morning, you had Mutombo. You know, all, I mean, not Mutombo with the numbers for scoring. But, but here's the other thing. You could look at Mutombo like Wallace. Mutombo, great defensive player, great shot blocker. Yeah. Right? But Mutombo could score if he wanted to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there was a couple of years where Matumbo would have 12, 13 points a game average. For, for sure. And so, yeah, it's... it's hmm.
1: And another thing with uh, though, like, if you want to compare them down the line, like, it it just shows how ridiculous that this list really is. Zo played in 11 playoffs. Ben Wallace played in eight because he's on those bad, like, bullets teams. Yeah. He was on some bad teams, too. Uh, Zo head-to-head with Ben Wallace, averaged 13, 9, and 2. Ben, 5, 10, and 2 against Zo. Uh, Zoe, seven all-stars, Ben, four. Uh, two defensive player of the years for Zoe, four for Ben, which Ben has the advantage, but Zoe is a two-time block leader in the nba where ben wallace only did it once and it kind of surprised me uh, Yeah,
0: that's a me too, actually.
1: Yeah. and it's not like all this like necessarily matters i'm not saying zoe deserves to be higher but if you put ben wallace on the list zoe has to be on yeah, the list
0: remember like yeah zoe isn't even on the list yeah so we're talking about you know and we're coming to the end of our our, our first 20 of this list and I, and I mean i had a great time breaking some of the stuff down definitely learned some new things i didn't know I had some cool discussions and you know, that's, I think, the point that we're going to keep hitting throughout this whole entire list. You're you're comparing two people that are similar for the most part. One is 81 on the list. The other one's not even on the list. I don't understand how you have that much inconsistency on a list yeah. like that.
1: And Zoe's comeback from his kidney, yep. that, that itself is should get back on the list for what he wasn't supposed to live through that. And right. he came back, the NBA won a title that, that, that shit's impressive. Yeah, man.
0: He's, he's, I definitely, I mean, I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm a huge Knicks fan. So those heat Knicks series were just, you know, I mean, and, and, yeah, that's a guy. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see who else is not on this list that I <laughs> think could be on this list. Cause you know, like I said, we're just tipping the iceberg right now, but we really appreciate you all listening to us and uh, make sure you, you definitely subscribe to the podcast tell your friends and whatnot and um send us some emails too you know and uh definitely definitely get interactive with us because we always like talking sports and we like talking sports with people you know people we don't know people we do know and just you know keep the discussion going for sure
1: yeah if you guys have questions with some of our points that we made or if you guys want to debate us too uh through email we'll answer any questions that you have uh I am more than open to explain kind of my, my placing of certain players on the list. And as we go on, we'll have our own top 100 list coming out shortly. Uh, that's going to be a really fun one too. And uh, that way we can kind of clean up bleacher reports mess here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody have a nice weekend. We're, we're shooting this on a Friday. So enjoy your weekend. And uh, part two coming up, which will be 80 to 61. We'll be coming soon. So look forward.